verse 14 to 26. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 14 to 26. And uh, this is actually a handout I made. Deuteronomy 27, 14 to 26. Okay. We'll be looking at, okay, this is the last class on preaching. So basically all how the preach has actually already been done already. So we're just actually looking at something that happens after we preach. So before we begin, let's, let's pray. Huh? Father, as the word is open, we humbly ask for your presence, your Holy Spirit to teach us great and marvelous things. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, just looking at Moses and what God said through Moses to command, what did God command the people to say whenever the Levites were to speak? And uh, could somebody read that? I know it's long. It's going to be a long one, so maybe we can split it up, but if someone can start reading 27, 14 to 26, please. So, you want to one word of reading this for? What are you picking out here as a repetitive action that's been said that the people, it said, and all the people, what does it say? Shall. Um, shall means will. Will say amen. So, in other words, all the people will say amen. What's, what's the repetitive action you're seeing over and over in this text? What are you seeing? People are to what? Respond. By saying what? Amen. amen. Right? So in other words, there is a response with the people. You see that? In other words, they were required by law. God gave this to um, the people, that, to Moses. Tell the people that when we speak to the Jewish church members, they are required to say amen. What do you say? Amen? So um, let's look at this handout here. I have, uh, I give you a handout here. Let's look at the, I put a couple of quotations here. I don't have the, has the reference there, but let me this, uh, let's look at that paragraph under the note. I mean my note, you know. When the Levites spoke the words of the Lord, the people were required to say amen, right? And then the next quotation, it says here, um, 
Whoever offered praise glorifies me. Much of the public worship of God consists of praise and prayer. And every follower of Christ should engage in this worship. There is also the preaching service conducted by those whose work is to instruct the congregation in the word of the Lord. Although all are not called to minister in word and doctrine, they need not be what? Cold and what? Responses listen. What does response listen mean to you? What does it mean? This is inspiration talking. Okay, don't. Expression or amen, right? There's no engagement. So, um, as the Bible is talking, Moses is saying that they need to respond. They need to say amen. So what I'm sharing is that as preachers, um, you need to do unto others as you want them to do unto you, right? So when you're up there preaching, you're going to know that you want the people to respond to you. You're going to feel out there that you want them to respond because you got to know, you want to know where they're at. Are they with you? They're not with you? Are they engaged with you? Are they interacting? Is the Holy Spirit leading them? Should I, should I go more in this subject or should I move on to the next subject? You got to read the people. We talked about that, right? You read the people and how I know where you're at and where the Holy Spirit is leading me is by reading you. That's how I know. If you're with me, then I can move to the next subject. If you're not with me, we can wrap it up early in closing prayer, you know. But the Holy Spirit is leading, and if I see the Holy Spirit is leading, then I feel like, wow, I feed off the people. You feed off me, I feed off you. It goes, it does, it's not one way, it goes both ways. When you're up there, you're going to notice that you're feeding off the people. You got to feed off the people. You need to see the response. But if the people are not giving responses, then it makes it harder for you. And you know, a lot of people make responses for people who are not responsive. But it says, those are, there's no cold and responseless um, listeners. We're not to be cold and responseless listeners. Uh, when the Lord, word of God was spoken to the Hebrews anciently, the Lord uh, said to Moses, and let all the people say amen. This response in the fervor of their souls was required as evidence that they understood the word spoken and were interested in it, right? So this was required. They say, it's not an option you can choose or not to. You know, they said, and let all the people, and all the people shall means you will say amen. You, you need to say amen. What do you say? Amen. <laughs> you need to say amen. I know it's a bad habit. Um, sometimes we like to uh, copy other churches or whatever, but we can't copy other churches. We need to copy the word of God's model, right? And inspiration that God gives to us. And we, we have a bad habit, we have to break out of that bad habit. We have to be responsive to what God and the word of God says rather than what people say. Uh, you know, when David went, it's in, it's in there, but when David went and he, his memory was dancing for joy uh, before the people, he felt uh, fully repaid for his labor and his work, right, by the universal response from the people. So when he saw that, he felt fully repaid. So when people are preaching, when you're up there preaching, then when you see that people responding, you know, like, wow, I feel it was worth me preparing for this sermon, that I'm going to be giving my heart to the people and they're responding in a positive and powerful way, right? Um, I just thought that was very powerful. You can read, you know, take this home and study it for yourself. I just put down some thoughts in different areas and some quotations, and I thought it would be good for you to take it home um, and study this out for yourself, the subject. But in other words, interaction in a church is good, it's not bad. Interaction is important. 
uh, people need to respond by saying amen. Don't be afraid. In other words, you have the freedom. What I'm saying is this. You have the freedom to say amen. Some people say, well, I know, is this a church I can say amen or I can't say amen or um, praise God or you know, whatever the Holy Spirit impression. I mean, is this a church I can't do that? We're letting you know that this is a church where it's not only where you can, but it's highly and strongly encouraged. Yeah? So I just want to leave that in your mind. Any thoughts? What are you thinking? Any thoughts, ideas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can also say blessing the one who hears us is God. Amen. It's our Father, the Holy Spirit. So it's not, and, and sometimes it's important to, to encourage the pastor to say amen because that means I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that is what, and it's, a, it's acceptance. When we say amen, it means that we accept the, 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 the doctrine, the, the discipline, the teaching. Amen, amen. Yeah, yeah. Like, I agree. It means, like, I agree. Yeah. I'm not saying. When you have a cold response like this and you're just like quiet, I mean, what does this say to you when somebody's preaching, right? It's not in a positive response. Like, right? I mean, you don't feel like they're being receptive. And, and if there's no response, like how do you read something like this who the whole sermon is just staring at you and don't say nothing? I mean, how do you, where you, know, how you know where they're at? Yeah, yeah, anybody. I try on my own self to, so they, they notice it. I say, man, let's even on your team. I say, I appreciate it. If you're the only one, I'll keep preaching. <laughs> one person. Go ahead. No, no, I don't mean that. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not for me to hear you speak. Sometimes it's not, uh, I feel it's okay to say only, or, or let the preacher know that you agree right to this many Oh, no, no, don't, don't. Feel, feel open and free that you won't turn anyone off. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that, that we come from so many cultural backgrounds. Church experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think God is always balanced in the middle. There's always one extreme, like example, totally dead silent, and there's the other extreme where dance 
dancing. I mean, David danced, but with the folk dancing done back then in the Jewish folk dance, you see that? It's totally different from the sexual, sensual, um, uh, hip-hop dancing nightclub scene in the nightclubs today, right? I mean, it's totally different. So, um, but then there is that balance in the middle that we need to, uh, we need to find, huh? And, but it is biblically based, actually. Go ahead. That's true, that's true. It kind of like, and that's how God works. He takes a church where it's at. But you know, this church says more amens than a lot of Adventist church, actually. <laughs> I mean, I mean this, this is reality. In Hawaii, anyway, the culture in Hawaii. Uh, pretty much, pretty much. There's some churches out, out there, like Kona, you know, so depends where you're at. But still, uh, you got to take the church where it's at, and God takes us. God takes me where I'm at, right? And he takes me, and he grows me, and he, uh, so God takes the Honokai church where they're at, but he wants to take us to another level, right? Bible, use the Bible and, and you know, prophecies and spirit of prophecy and just kind of teaches us. So um, these are good. Take it home, study it all for yourself and see what it says and pretty powerful stuff, right? We need to balance it out and this is important for all of us. Yeah. Okay, so the next text. So really what I'm saying is that do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, you're going to go up there now. <laughs> so practice saying amen. Because you would want people to respond to you up there. You would want that because most speakers, they read the notes, okay? They probably don't even care if you're saying amen because they're not even looking at you. But what I've taught you is that you got to look at the people, right? You have to read the people. That's the whole point of preaching. You'll be graded upon that, um, those subjects. So you have to look at the people and see how it is. Yeah? So that's clear. Let me hear you say amen. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> amen. Thank you. Praise God. Let's move on to the next subject. Uh, Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Isaiah 27, verse 12. Isaiah 27, verse 12. Okay, now we have do unto others was the first section. Now let's look personal work. This is important. Now you're going to see why. Uh, I, could somebody read, please, Isaiah 27, verse 12? Let's look at it. Because we want, you know, it's not, I've learned in life that it's not what I say or you say or people say, but it's really what God says in His Word, right? So everything we do, we got it. Got to be Bible based. It got to be to what the Word says, Scripture says, prophecy says, right? Spirit of prophecy. So whatever it says, we got to follow that. We can't just well, I think this and I think that. I remember sitting around a table of people, and I wanted advice on relationships. And then we're sitting around a table and say, well, what do you think? And what do you think? And after a while, we can share a lot about what we think, and we find out that it doesn't work, right? Only when we get our hearts broken, like in our relationship, that I realize. This is not working, and I'm tired of hearing of our way, but I want to know what God's way already is, right? Amen? Yeah? 
So I want to know God's way in His Word, and that's what I'm looking at. And that's why we want Bible answers in Isaiah 27, verse 12. And how are the children of Israel gathered into the kingdom? Could somebody read that, please? Isaiah 27, verse 12. It's uh, return the children of Israel, and there's a spiritual Israel, the God's people here at that time, the God's the Jewish church. They were gathered how often? How how were they gathered? By groups? By groups? What does it say? What does the Bible say? What? What does that mean to you? Ah, individually. Do you see that? Yes, there's the preaching that you're going to be doing. You know, I have young men come to me. You know what they say to me? Pastor, I want to be a powerful speaker. That's what they tell me. I just want to be, a, I just want to be an evangelist. So I want to be a pastor. I want, to be, I want to be a popular, well-known speaker. That's what they're saying. And my thing is that, you know, before you can get to that point, uh, first of all, it's not always a good motive. You got to make sure that's what God wants you to do. And number two is uh, you need to be faithful in the little things. And as you're faithful in the little things, God's going to bring you up to the, the next level, right? Um, seeking popularity is not the reason to be a powerful preacher. You know that, right? So you don't want that when you're up there. You want to be seeking God's glory, not your own glory, right? To glorify God. So when you're up there, um, one by one, the reason why I'm sharing that is um, there's a need for personal work. So you want to go out and do personal work with people. Go one by, go one, by one and go and, and meet the people where they're at, right? And talk to the people out there in, in Palak. Get to know your people that you're preaching to. And that is very important. Uh, the last part it says here before B, the love of Christ revealed in personal ministry, one-on-one. It can soften your heart, your stony heart, so that the, suited, so that the seed of truth can take root. Even though, uh, even though your sermon may not be as powerful, but when you go out and meet people one-on-one, that's when you can soften the hearts, and that's when they'll open up to you, right? Okay, turn me to Isaiah 40, verse 11. Isaiah 40, verse 11. What did a shepherd do to his flock? Isaiah 40, verse 11. Can somebody read that, please? Okay. So in other words, as you're feeding the flock as a shepherd when you're preaching, uh, you should feed the flock. And, but my question is, if you do not visit the flock, how, and you know the condition, how are you going to know what type of food to feed them? Does that make sense? What gives you power up there when you're speaking, believe it or not, is your personal interaction one-on-one with people. Uh, especially in the home. Is that not true? So God wants you um, to come together with the people, to get to know them. In other words, if you really want your messages to take root in the people's hearts, you have to visit them in the home. <laughs> preaching is not, people are missing the point. Ministry is not just up on a platform and preaching. Ministry is actually one-on-one, right? Is that not true? No, I can say this here. But I've been to, I've visited every single one of you. I've been in every one of your homes, right? Is that not true? At least some of them more than once, right? That has an impact. I know because I've been in your home. It's a big difference. You're able to hear my messages more than if I just never been in any of your homes. 
but I've been to every single one of your homes. That makes a big difference. If you want to, God use your message in a powerful way, hey, visit some people, right? Visit some people that are in the congregation. It's going to have a great influence upon your, uh, your influence that you have in presenting the message. What do you guys think? Any thoughts? I mean, But it's different with the church because they say, hey, I just want to visit as a fellow church member. It's like almost like there's an authority that comes because you're coming on behalf of the church. It's different from the world. Like you're coming for a spiritual a reason. You can get away with a lot. You can, you know, I make appointments with people, but sometimes people don't want, they don't even want me to visit them. You know what I do? I just show up. <laughs> I just show, if they don't make appointment with me, I'm just going to show up. And I just like, hey, how are you doing? Just passing by the neighborhood, see how you're doing. I just show up because they're never going to let me in. And you just got to do that. And you know what? I don't think anyone ever got upset at me for doing that. They're just glad that I did that. Um, and they respect that, I think, uh, more than anything. Praise God. Amen. So it makes a big impact, you see, definitely. Uh, that one-on-one in the home visitation. So you recommend to people who are preaching, or whoever is up there, it's going to make an impact if they do are visiting the people, right? It doesn't make a difference. So if you can, just visit. Just visit some people. The little that you do is going to make a great impact upon them. Um, because you're going to come to a point that as members, we, everyone needs to be visiting, right? Not just the, the leadership, right? So it's important that we visit the people. Any other thoughts?
Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You can go on behalf of the church. Yeah, just coming here, visiting from the church. You know, I mean, this opens doors. Think about this concept. And when I was growing up, any person we had over for dinner was like family friends, right? We didn't, we didn't just invite anyone to our home. It was like, we have good friends, they invite them all to our home. So anyone who crosses, anyone who entered that door into our home was, had to be close to us, right? Is that true, right, in your home, right? And they're like, anyone who walks out the door, and very few people walk to our door, okay, had to be close with us. So, and, and had it for dinner or whatever, or spent several hours, maybe five minutes, but to have several hours, has to be close. In other words, once you break that where you came into the door, you're, you're automatically part of the family now. Now their heart is with yours, they're united. So now when you go up there on the platform, you're speaking, it's like, wow, that's, we're family, you know? They have, there's a connection there that would never happen if you never enter into the home. Do you guys see that? There's something there that, um, and that's what inspiration talks about that, right? Coming close to the fireside, entering the homes, Coming close. That's what the early church, apostolic church, right? They broke bread um, daily, it says, right? In the homes, it says, right? So they're getting close to the people. That's where the latter rain is falling. There's unity. There's in together with one another. And that's, there's that power there. Yeah. There's something there about once you come into my home, it's like it's different. I see you differently. And that's something when you go in people's home, visit them. Uh, there's a power in that. It adds influence to your preaching. So I want to bring that concept so you understand that. Yeah. Um, Praise God. Amen. Thanks for sharing. Good testimony. So you see the power of that, huh?
Interesting. Wow. I feel very intimidated because people did not um, uh, welcome you like before, before, even in Hawaii, especially uh, uh, in yeah. Mexico. People was welcome you like that, but you know what I'm for what reason? Not spiritually, just normally. Yeah, it's changing. It's changing. You hit a good point. People are craving for personal touch today. You're realizing that more and more, that people like that personal touch. That's somebody, you know, every time we send like thank you cards out or even our wedding invitation, wedding thank you cards out or any kind of thank you cards, we always handwrite it. I had somebody come to me and they're saying, I was so touched I got a card. They said, I never receive cards anymore. Can you believe that? In the day of internet, emails, and text messages, tell me that I never received, never received cards. She said, when, I, when they opened up my thank you card, Yvette wrote, and she read the handwritten words, she said, I started to cry. How's that one? Cry. Because she was so moved and touched that she actually got a card that was handwritten. Isn't that powerful? We live in a world that's so much into you know, computers and email and, and Facebook, but I think what's happening, a big void is being left open for the, because, you know, something is, something like internet and computers is so, it's so cold, yeah? It's not that personal touch. People longing more than ever before for a home visitation. If ever, the, if ever you would have such great influence for the glory of God, it would be today, it would be now today, if you go and visit people in their home, ever, yeah? I think you're right. Mm. 
question And that's maybe we're seeing that our treasures on this earth where we yeah. take care of our home on this earth rather than up in heaven, right? Then we protective of our treasure on this earth. But, uh, good point. Very good, Alon. Thank you. I appreciate what you're doing, actually, taking people in. That's really good. Okay, let's look at the Hebrews chapter uh, 10, verse 24 and 25. So you see the importance, are you seeing that you know, people glorify preaching, right? Don't we do today? They glorify preaching, but they don't know that to me, ministry is not preaching. Ministry is actually, I like people. I love people. I like one-on-one. I, I feel that's what ministry really is. I like, I like that. That's more fulfilling to me, one-on-one. I feel that's like, I don't know, I love that more so. I think that's where ministry really begins, is the one-on-one. And you got to cast that vision, especially if you're going to be preaching. It's not, that's not, that's not where real, ministry is good, but that's not real ministry. Ministry is actually one-on-one. If you can get that concept in your mind, God's going to really bless your ministry in this aspect of preaching. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Can someone read that, please? What do we counsel to do? What is this text saying? Practice more of what things? More of the, the closeness to one another, the sharing to one another, time and goodness. Amen. Okay. Amen. Anyone else want to add to that? Kind of like, oh, I'm just going to go and worship by myself. You know, it's like, how many of you guys ever did a barbecue? <laughs> barbecue bouquets. You guys ever barbecue before? And what happens when you bring your barbecue and you take one bouquet or one coal and you throw it outside of the fire? What happens to that one bouquet? bouquet? It dies. But what happens, you, even though it's dead, what happens when you take it and you throw it in that fire? What happens to it? Uh, gets on fire again, huh? With the love of God. So, do you think that's what the Bible says? That don't forsake coming together, right? It's important. It encourages, right? It supports. It uplifts. It um, inspires. It fills with vision and dreams and the love of God, right? That's important, right? To come together. And the more you said, right? And you see the day approaching, the more so we got to get together. More and more and more, right? And that's what God wants for his people in the last days. It's important for... Um, communion with one another. Right? You see that, right? Okay. Amen. Okay, let's go to uh, Hebrews 11, verse 4. Same book. And this Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. What does the Bible say about Abel's work? Hebrews 11, verse 4. Even though Abel was what? What is it said? He being what? Dead what? What does it say? Yet what? What are the words? Yet. What is that? 
Okay, still speaks. Okay, so how can a dead man speak? What is it talking about here? Explain this to me. Okay, memories. Okay, good. Are you in the right? Very good, very good. Okay, very good. So he being dead, so in other words, you can still be, you can be dead in the grave, but you can still speak. So you, we're talking about preaching here. So not only when you're live and you're in the pulpit and you're preaching that you're speaking, but you can be six feet under the ground and yet you can still be preaching, right? According to the Bible, right? How is that so? There's a saying that says, actions... Speak what? Ah, so in other words, your works follow you. You could be dead in the ground, in a grave, and you could be dead, but your actions that you live in your life, people will remember that, and those actions that you live is going to speak louder than all the words you ever spoke in your whole life, right? That's how you can be dead and yet speak. And so that's why you can preach up there, but when you come down from off that pulpit, you got to live the life. You can't be preaching something and you're living a total different life, right, outside of the pulp. you got to be living the life. That's where your power is at. That's why you can be speaking. Um, your actions will speak louder than what you preach up there. That's why it's very important that you preach, uh, that you live what you preach, right? What's that saying? Uh, uh, I got that saying. What about preaching in... Uh, Practice what you preach. What? Yeah, practice what you preach. That's one of them. The seven of them. Practice what you preach. Uh, just do what you say that you're going to do, right? And especially young people, they're quick to see all that, what's going on in your life. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. This is the final text for this class. I want to leave this with you. The final thought. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Can someone read that? What is the final thing I want to leave with you? Finally, what? So what do we need to do? Finally, be all of what? What else we need to have? Compassion. What else? Love. What else? Be tenderhearted, tender pitiful. What else? Courteous. You know people in the business world, they have classes on how to be courteous. Should we not also as Christians study how we can be more courteous toward one another in the biblical sense, right? The spiritual sense. And treat each other with love and openness and respect and pitiful and tenderhearted and courteousness, right? Toward one another and love. So it's good to see even enemies that portray as enemies to love and be courteous and to be pitiful toward one another, right? Tenderhearted. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Anyone else? 
So should we not also seek to become close to the people that we seek to minister yeah, and be loving and courteous toward them also and seek ways that we can improve in everything that we do in our relationship. This, this um, presentation is called a relationship. So I put it in the end because um, we learn how to preach, how to study, how to use resources, how to study the Bible. We learn all that, how to present. But I want to put it to the end that this is the final touch, the finishing touches where this makes your, your preaching more powerful. If people know that, there's another saying that said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much, what? You care, right? You know that you heard that before? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? It's like when you come close to the person's heart and they know that you care, then they're willing, okay, what do you have to, sh-? they want to know what makes you like you are, right? They wanna, I want to learn, I want to be like that. That's why they want to know what is it about your Christian experience that makes you ma- to love me like that. They want to learn that. But before that, if you're just trying to cram, you've been there before, you're trying to cram knowledge down people's throat, right? Your family, your friends, it doesn't work. But if they know that you really still love them and care for them, then they're going to be more open to you, and me, right? So we need that in our walk with God. So that's my challenge in a relationship. This is a shorter one, but I felt that this is important in the preaching aspect that we must develop relationship. Any other thoughts or comments as uh, we close? Yes. God has lessons in everything that happens to us, yeah. So, amen. Good you, amen. Good thing you. S- the first step is seeing that, so that's good. Praise God. So, in two weeks, Marco preaches and uh, preaching evaluation. You guys remember this, right? So, I'm gonna be evaluating you folks, and make sure you review this before you preach, so you know what you be. I'm gonna be evaluating you on, and. Uh, just make sure that you're not reading your notes. That's most important. You know, let the Holy Spirit lead you. And uh, it's going to be a blessing. I know I'm going to be blessed in listening to you folks. I know the people will be blessed. Because uh, the most important thing is that you, you listen to the Holy Spirit. That's the most important thing. And let Him lead you. So I'm excited. Amen. All right, let's pray, huh? Father, we're thankful for the ministries you called us to and the ministry of preaching that you inspired the people here to do. We look forward to the messages and how we can do our best for you. And may you anoint their lips. We thank you for already answering our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.